Amen. Hello, friends. How are you tonight? It's good to be with you. I love Tuesday nights, love gathering together to worship with you guys and get into the Word of God. We started a series last week called The Year of Wisdom. Who needs some wisdom in 2017? I need a lot of wisdom. I'll tell you why one of the biggest reasons I need wisdom is I have three daughters. And I don't know what to do so many times throughout the day and throughout the week. And um, There's so much emotion in my house. Like, I, you know, I'm the only, I'm the only male in the house. Um, and there's so much emotion, and it's like, God, give me wisdom to navigate all of this emotion. Um, this morning, I got in the car, 7 o'clock in the morning, to take Olivia to school. And she's in third grade, she's nine years old, and uh, as soon as I get in the car, she just started crying. I didn't, I didn't say a word, I hadn't done anything, she just started crying. And I said, what is wrong? She said, I don't want you to take me to school. I want mom to take me to school. And I'm like, what difference does it make? And she goes, mom is fun. And, and you, you don't even talk to me in the morning. You just, you're just silent up there. And I'm like, I'm not a morning person. All right? This is what I am. My wife is a morning person. And the first thing that she wakes up, she just starts talking. And uh, I guess Olivia just wanted somebody to keep her company. My Youngest daughter, Emmy, she's three years old, and the other day, see, I'm all, she loves her mom more than anybody in the world, and I am always trying to get her to tell me that she loves me, and uh, I was like, Emmy, I love you so much, and she goes, I love mom, and she goes, I love mom this much, and she holds up five fingers, I think that's as mo- most as she could think of, you know, and I go, well, how much do you love me? She goes, (laughs) one finger. That's how much she loves me, so I'm working on that, but I need wisdom. Do you guys need wisdom in 2017? Who needs wisdom? Raise your hand if you need wisdom. Okay, I need wisdom. You need wisdom. We all need wisdom. Well, let's look at, at some of the benefits of wisdom, because I believe that 2017 could be the year of wisdom for us. I'm praying that God imparts wisdom into you and that we would be the wisest young adult group ever. And you guys would be making such wise choices, God-glorifying choices because of the wisdom that God imparts into you. So let's look at Proverbs 3, verse 13 through 18. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. Why do we want wisdom? Man, blessing comes from it. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed." That sounds pretty good to me. Does that sound pretty good to you? It sounds like, I, like that's a list of things that I want in my life. There is so much blessing that comes from the wisdom of God. So it's even better than gold or silver because wisdom can lead you to gain gold or silver. 
Not that gold and silver is like our ultimate achievement in life, but, uh, but God can give us wisdom to, to earn money. God can give us creative ideas. But how much do we seek after money? How much do we care about it? Well, God says care about wisdom more. Care about wisdom more. Wisdom is available to us. We do not have to be in some elite club to get wisdom. And it doesn't all depend on your education. Some of it does, but it doesn't all because God gives us wisdom from him, and that supersedes wisdom from education. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 8. We're going through the book of Proverbs this month. Proverbs is a a book full of wisdom and full of themes, and this is one of the major themes in the book of Proverbs. I'm going to read it to you right now. Uh, Verse 1, does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice on the heights beside the way? At the crossroads, she takes her stand beside the gates in front of the town. At the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O man, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. What do you think of when you read a verse like that? Here's what I think of. Here's what this verse says to me. It's on the heights. It's in the crossroads. Wisdom. It's, it's at the gates of the city. It's uh, at the entrance of the portals. And wisdom is, is out here in these public places. Places where everybody has access. Places of town where everybody walks through. Even at the the beginning of town, you walk through the gates of the city. Back in their time, they had you know, walled cities, but they had these gates that you had to walk through. And he's saying wisdom is there. It's, it's there from the start. It's, it's all around you. It's, it's from the heights. It's a, it's a higher, it's, it's something that's higher, and it's available to you. And it's available to everybody because he says, uh, hey, fools, get some sense. Uh, simple ones, learn prudence. So it's telling me that the simple ones and the fools have hope because we can learn and we can get the wisdom of God. Now, I don't think that you're simple. I don't think that I'm a fool. I don't think any of us have been in that category. But even if we were, we can get wisdom from God. It's, it's there. It's at the crossroads. You ever face a crossroads in your life, a time in your life where you are at a critical moment and you have to make an important decision, wisdom is there. The wisdom of God is there. God is not trying to hide from us. In fact, this book, this Bible, from cover to cover, is God trying to get through to his people. He wants to communicate with us. He wants to give us wisdom, but he also wants us to seek it. And more importantly than seeking wisdom, he wants us to seek him. But wisdom is available. So, let's talk about this. How do you get wisdom? Well, last week I talked about the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I'm not going to go into all that again because I did that last week. You can, you can get the podcast and you can check it out. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we honor God, when we revere God and respect Him, He honors us in return and He gives us wisdom. So that's the beginning. But how else do we get wisdom? Okay, first thing you need to understand 
is that there are principles in God's kingdom. There are principles that you can live by, and God has these avenues to get us the things that we need. It is not a formula. It's not a formula. It's a a way of life, okay? You don't just follow a formula and out pops wisdom. It's not about uh, behavior modification. It's not about just change our behavior and just tweak some things and and follow this to-do list, and then we'll have wisdom. It's not about that, and I want to show you a verse. This is from Jeremiah 31, verse 33, and God is speaking through Jeremiah, and he's talking about the new covenant that we are going to have through the Messiah, which will be Jesus. It says, this isn't, uh, sorry, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, And I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. In another version, it says that he will write, he will put put his instruction in our mind, and he will write his laws on our heart. So it's not a formula that we can follow that, okay, I I need some wisdom from God, so uh, I'm going to just follow this formula. And, uh, you know, Pastor Kevin said, if I do this, that I should get wisdom. Well, it's bigger than that because if you read this verse, there's, there's a new covenant, and, and God wants to, and we, we have a new and better covenant than they had in the old covenant because of what Jesus com- accomplished at the cross. And so he wants to put his instruction in our mind. He wants to put his ways in our hearts. Psalm 103 talks about how God made his, his acts known to the children of Israel, his, his acts, his, his deeds. But to Moses, God showed him his ways. And with the new covenant, we can have a relationship with God even better than the relationship Moses had because we have a new and a better covenant. And we don't want to just know God, God's acts, his deeds. We want to know God's ways. We want to know his heart. So, When it comes to wisdom, God doesn't just want to simply give us wisdom. He wants to give us him. He wants us to pursue him because he's got the wisdom. He is wisdom. He's always had the wisdom. He's the wisdom giver, and he doesn't want us to seek wisdom without seeking him. If you're seeking wisdom without seeking God, it ain't going to happen. He's not going to let it happen. But he wants us to seek him. He wants to, to write his laws on our hearts. So these, there are principles that we can follow, and they're, they're clearly written in God's words. And if you read the book of Proverbs, and I encourage you, and I mentioned this last week, read a proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs. There's one for every day of the month. And I, I encourage you to do this in January. You may find that you want to do it in February, March. You want to keep going because God can teach you so many wise principles, but they're there. And so some, we're going to talk about some of the principles that we can follow to, to get some wisdom. But we have to remember, I mean, we have to think about what our motive is. It's not just wisdom to, to get gold and to silver and to get honor and to become above everybody else. No, we want wisdom because we want God. And God has the kind of wisdom, not worldly wisdom, but heavenly wisdom. And so... We don't just seek the wisdom, we seek God. And he rewards us. Wisdom is a, not only is it a byproduct of seeking God, 
but wisdom is a reward from seeking God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a, like the song that we just sang, he's a good father, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And as a father myself, when my daughters do the right thing, I want to bless them. And it's not a struggle for me to do that. It's like, man, I want to reward them. I love rewarding them when they do the right thing. It's a blessing to me when they do the right thing. And I know that they're not doing it. You know, sometimes they do do it for the reward. But most of the time, you know, you can tell when their heart is pure and they did the right thing. They didn't even know they were going to get a reward. Well, that's the way that God is. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when we seek him, we're going to get some wisdom. All right. So how do you get wisdom? Let's go into some of the kingdom principles. The first one, it sounds so simple, but I don't want you to tune it out because it's so important. First principle to get wisdom, ask God. Ask God for wisdom. We have not because we ask not. And we ask not because we ask amiss. We ask to, we ask for things that are just for us, but we need to ask for God's will. And we need to be seeking in, in the deep motive of our hearts, our will say, you know, God, not my will, but your will be done. And so ask God for wisdom. How, have you been praying for wisdom? I know I saw a lot of hands that said, I need some wisdom. But have you been asking God for wisdom? Because if you ask, he will answer. Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, if you knock, he's going to open the door. If you seek, you will find. And so he wants us to ask. Like that persistent widow that came to the judge over and over and over. And it was a wicked judge. And the widow keeps coming back and back. And finally, the judge says, I don't even care what this woman wants. I'm just going to give her what she wants so that she will stop coming to me. And says, if, if that's how the wicked judge acts, how much more will your heavenly father give to those who ask him? He wants to give us wisdom. So ask God. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, okay, this is, this is uh, what we're talking about. This is what we need. Pay attention. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So let's ask God for wisdom if we need it, but let's ask in faith. It's so important to ask in faith. Do you remember how many miracles that Jesus did? And he said, your faith has made you well. Do you remember the, the woman that, that pressed through the crowd of people? She, had, she was bleeding for like 12 years, and she's pressing through the crowd of people to get her miracle. And she's like, if I can just touch the edge of his garment, I will be healed. That was her faith. And Jesus is just walking along. He doesn't know anything about her. In fact, he sensed. He senses power coming out of him. And he says, wait, 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 who touched me? And the disciples are like, what are you talking about? You're in a huge crowd of people. Everybody's touching you. He's like, no, no, no. I perceive that power came out of me. And he says this, and this woman 
confesses. You know, it was me. I, I knew that if I could just touch the edge of your garment, that I would be healed. And he says, okay, well, good for you. Cheer up, because your faith has made you well. And Jesus was so often impressed by faith. So when you, when you pray, how much faith do you have? Let's go back to this verse a second. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that God is a generous God? If you've had a, a parent or an important authority figure in your life who wasn't generous, sometimes it's hard to believe that God is generous. That can be difficult. That can be a stretch for us. But we've got to get out of that box and we've got to get outside of our past, and we've got to remember that who God is. He's the one that sent his only son. And when we didn't deserve it, Jesus died on a cross for us. And so he's, he's loving. He's a good father. He's generous. We have to believe that he's generous. We have to believe, you believe that God wants to give you wisdom? You have to believe that. God wants to give you wisdom. Because if you're praying for wisdom, if you're praying for anything, and it's like, but I don't really know if this is God's will. I don't really know if God wants to give this to me. Then I don't think your prayers are going to be answered because there's no faith there. Pray in faith. And this is what the word says, okay? It's not me. That person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's an unstable person. He's a double-minded person, unstable in all of his ways. I don't want that to be. I don't want to be an unstable, double-minded person. And so I'm a believer. That means I've got to believe. Believers believe. So, God, I need wisdom on, on what major I'm going to choose. God, I need wisdom on what career path I'm going to follow. God, I need wisdom on should I date this person. I need wisdom on should I buy this car. I need wisdom on you know what should I say to my friend who, who's making bad choices. I need wisdom. If you don't believe that God wants to give you wisdom, it's not going to happen. You have to believe God wants to give you wisdom. All right, number two. Become a person of godly character. Become a person of godly character. With character comes wisdom. With good character. With integrity comes wisdom. Remember, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when we have godly character, it shows that we're diligently seeking him, and he rewards that. He rewards, he rewards it with wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. So God has a storage of wisdom saved up for the upright. For those that walk in, in integrity, he is a shield to them, which means he's got wisdom there, and he's going to protect you. That's what a shield does. He's going to protect you. He's going to give you wisdom to navigate through all the difficulties of life. So become a, a person of godly character. Easier said than done, right? Again, this is not something that we can do without him. We want to, become, we want to grow in our character. We want to become a more integrous person, then we've got to seek the Lord. We've got to ask for his grace. 
And we've got to spend time with him. The more time that you spend with somebody, the more you become like them. So the more time that we spend with Jesus, the more we become like Jesus. And that's going to give us wisdom. I can think of a time in my life when I had really poor character. I can think of times when I was drinking and and making bad choices, hanging out with the wrong people, doing stupid things. If I were to tell you the the list of things, uh, of poor character choices that I've made, we could be here for, you know, weeks talking about all those things. I remember one of the, I was just thinking about this today, and I was thinking, man, how did I grow? Because I, God is gracious enough to me. I, I grew in character over the years. And how did that happen? And I remember kind of a, a really bad point. And this was a, the start of a, of a lot of bad decisions. But I was in ninth grade, freshman. And I had this science teacher. And uh, I wasn't very good at science. And so this teacher, she didn't like me. And I, I didn't like her. I had this good friend that I sat with, and then she, she moved us. She separated us from, like, different sides of the room. And, um, and then she moved me into a new class because she thought I was being disruptive. I was. And <clears throat> disrespectful. She moved me into a, to a totally different class, and I didn't know anybody in that class. And I just got so mad. I just took out a pen and paper, and I just started writing this awful letter. <clears throat> I had no guts because... I just, it was just an anonymous letter. I couldn't sign my name to it. Poor character. This awful letter, just cussing her out, just saying all these terrible things. And I leave it on her desk. And she must have felt so bad, like so disrespected, so dishonored. And I, that's, you know how you look back into your past and you think you, you can still feel the sting of, of bad choices that you made. I was thinking about this today, and I still feel it. I still feel like, oh, I can't believe I did that. That's one of the meanest things I've ever done because I've, done a lot, I've made a lot of poor choices that affected me, but this is, this is a poor choice that really affected this teacher, and she was a good teacher. So eventually they found out who it was. They found out that it was me. I got kicked out of school. Your young adult pastor got expelled from school in ninth grade, kicked out of school for the rest of the year. This is a Christian school. And I had to go before the school board and apologize and, like, ask, you know, is there any way they could let me stay? They said no. And that was good for me. I deserved that. I deserved every bit of the consequences I got. And then that, t- that was the, the teacher finished out the year. I finished out the year. They gave me school work. I did it from home. <coughs> I went back to that school the next year. They, were, they let me to come back after a new year. That teacher never taught there again. I never saw her again. Didn't know where she went, what happened to her. But I was just thinking about this today, just thinking, oh, poor character. Like, what were you thinking? And imagine how hurtful that must have been. So I just pull out my phone. This is earlier today. I pull out my phone. Like, I'm going to find this teacher. I Google her. Can't find her. Facebook, she's not on there. Finally, I, I did a bunch of searches, and I found 
that her, her, she got married, her last name would change. And so then when I put in her last name and her first name on Facebook, I found her. And so I just sent her this message. I'm like, just like apologizing and please forgive me. And I was, you know, so foolish. And that was probably the meanest thing that I've ever done to somebody. And I just had to say that, you know. And it didn't really occur to me till today to to try to find her. I always thought, oh, there's no way I could find her. Um, and I don't know if she's going to get that message, but I hope she does, and I hope she responds, and I hope that she can forgive me, and I hope that, hope that she is okay. I'm sure that was a painful time in her life. Again, she moved to a totally different school. I'm so thankful that God doesn't leave us where we are. You know, like I'm so thankful for God's mercy. And that's what I think about when I think about that situation. Like I, I'm so thankful that I'm not the same person. I'm grateful that God loves us enough to not leave us the way that we are. And some of us get offended at God. Like, you know, wait, you don't think I'm good enough? You, you're judging me? Like, I'm not good enough for you. I need to change. You know, God loves us so much that he's not willing to leave us trapped in all of our junk, in all our sin, the sin that, that holds us in bondage, in captivity. God loves us enough to not leave us that way. God loves us enough to, to put his instruction in our minds and write his laws on our hearts to show us his ways. And I'm so thankful that God didn't leave me that way. And I, I told you the story last week of how I went to Bible college. And when I, when I told people from high school that I went to Bible college, everybody's like, what? You? That's crazy. But I did it. And, and I grew in my relationship with the Lord. And that caused me to grow in character. When I came to Northwood uh, from, in 2006, I was the middle school pastor, and some of you were in that middle school ministry when I was here, and eventually, the, the high school pastor, he resigned, and he moved on to something different, and so there was this opening at the church, and uh, I told Pastor Fred, who was the pastor here, I said, I, really, I would really love to do this job. I think I can do this, but I knew deep down in my heart that this was not the job for me. I knew that God had something else for me, but I didn't want somebody else to come in and be my boss and probably do something, do things totally different. And I, and I thought, you know what? I'm ready. I think I can do this. And Pastor Fred says, "You're not ready." And like that was it. <laughs> There's like no argument. You know, it's like you're not ready. And that was it. And so they hired a, another guy to be the youth pastor, and he was a good person. We didn't see eye to eye, and there were things that, you know, we disagreed with each other about. But it, instead of getting bitter, and instead of trying to sabotage him and, and throw him under the bus, I, by the grace of God, I had learned some character. I had learned a little bit of integrity. And so I just gave this to the Lord. I said, Lord, just... Show me what to do here. Give me some wisdom. And 
I, I think that, that God was teaching me to finish strong, as I shared with you last week. That was one of the most valuable things I learned in Bible college, finish strong. Don't quit. Finish. And so I felt like God was reminding me of that, but I also felt like God was telling me, be faithful. Do your best. Be a person that reflects me. Walk in integrity. And so that's what I tried to do. And uh, I, like I said, I, I kept my mouth shut. There were things that you know, I dis- disagreed with, but I tried to keep my mouth shut. And I tried just to be faithful and do my job the best that I could. And eventually, the internship at the Bible college that I worked at in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they called me one day. In fact, it's really weird how it happened because Christine and I were at lunch and we always, dream, uh, we always dreamed of being the directors of this ministry internship one day. And, and eventually we were at this lunch and I said, let's stop talking about this because right now we're here and God's called us to be faithful here. Let's just not even bring it up again. Because we'd always talk about ideas and things that we would do. And she's like, okay, let's not talk about it. And like a couple hours later, they called me out of the blue. Hadn't talked to them in years. Would you be interested in this job? Yes. I knew it was from the Lord. And so we, we moved back to Tulsa. But, but when I left Northwood and I went to Pastor Fred and I told him, thank you for this experience. Thanks for giving me a shot and, and allowing me to serve here. And he said to me that one of the things he was most impressed by was my character. And that was an important moment in my life because I had been that kid that wrote that awful letter to that teacher. And I had been that guy that made poor character choices. And this is one of the, you know, Pastor Fred is one of the people that I look up to most in this world, and he affirmed me. And he said, you know, if you, if you get to Tulsa and it doesn't work out, then come on back. And I said, well, what do you mean? Because you've already filled my position. We had a replacement for my position I was leaving. And there, was, there was really no job for me. And he just said, we'll find something for you. And that meant so much to me. And, and I, I knew that I had finished strong. And I knew I had done something well. And if it hadn't been for that, again, I wouldn't be standing here tonight. If I had left bitter, angry, if I had thrown that other guy on the bus and nitpicked every little thing that he had done, and if I would have questioned everybody's choices, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here tonight. But by the grace of God, you know, I was, I was invited back here. And I'm, I'm so grateful because I know that this is where God has called us to be. And so I, I tell you that story because I want to challenge you to grow in character, in godly character. Let me read some verses to you about character. Well, we read Proverbs chapter 2, how he stores up wisdom for those who walk uprightly. Do you remember the Sermon on the Mount? When Jesus is talking about, hey, if somebody slaps you on the face, then offer the other cheek to them as well. And if somebody asks you to go one mile with them, then go an extra mile with them. 
He said, you're blessed if, if you can do these things. So there's a blessing that comes with integrity. A lot of times we think that we're taking a shortcut if we lie. If we lie to make ourselves look good, we take shortcuts, we, uh, we cheat, we think that we're going to get there faster. But really, we're going to get there slower because God sees everything. And, and God is testing us. I remember this story about this uh, butcher. And uh, he's got a butcher shop, and this lady comes in at the end of the day. And she says, I need a couple of chickens to, uh, to feed my family for dinner tonight. Or maybe just one big chicken, if you have it. He pulls this chicken out, and he puts it on the scale, and she says, you know, that's not quite small enough. Uh, do you have a bigger chicken? Well, he's at the end of the day, and he's out of chickens. This is his last chicken that he's going to sell. But he wants to make this sale. So he takes the chicken down. He reaches behind the counter. kind of fumbles around a little bit. Pulls out the exact same chicken, and he puts it on the scale. This time, he just very casually puts his finger on the scale and weighs it down a little bit more. And the lady goes, oh, yeah, this is much better. Like, this is the chicken that I need. I still think it's a little bit small. You know what? I'll take them both. See, we think that cheating or, or lying is going to get us a shortcut. It's going to get us there faster. But really, when we cheat or we lie, we make poor character choices to try to get ahead, we really set ourselves back because it's God that brings promotion, and it's God that brings blessing. And so, as somebody once said, there is no elevator to success. You have to take the stairs. So there's no shortcuts that work, especially when we take shortcuts on our character. So we need to work to be more like Jesus. Now, is this a works thing? No. I'm not saying that becoming a person of good character and doing good things is going to earn you salvation. You can't do anything that's going to earn you salvation. Only one person could do something to earn you salvation, which is what Jesus accomplished at the cross. So it's not going to earn us salvation, but in the kingdom of God, there's principles principle of sowing and reaping, planting and harvesting. And so if you want to harvest, then plant. And become a person of, of godly character. Plant character, and you will reap wisdom. Plant integrity, and you will harvest wisdom and knowledge and understanding. God wants to give it to you. You guys bow your heads with me tonight. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. And I'm just going to go back to James chapter 1 where you said through James that if we lack wisdom, we can ask you because you're generous. You give to all liberally, without reproach, without taking back. You're a good father. You're generous to us. And God, we need wisdom. We want 2017 to be the year of wisdom for us. So we ask tonight in faith. We believe that you're a good father. We believe that you're generous and you're loving. We believe that you want to give us wisdom, that you want to give us blessing and favor and insight. And so we ask for that in Jesus' name. And, Lord, 
something else that we want to grow in. We want to grow in our character. We want to become men and women that look like Jesus. Your word says that whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. We want to walk like you, Jesus. We want to talk like you. We don't want to be liars. We don't want to be cheaters. We don't want to do anything that's going to compromise our witness and it's going to compromise our relationship with you. And so I pray that you would write your laws on our hearts, that you would show us your ways like you showed Moses. I pray that the more time we spend with you, we would become more like you. Because we're not just trying to to earn a badge. Like, we really want to know you. That's the way we want to get wisdom. It's through you. We don't want just wisdom. We want you, Lord. So I pray for myself and everybody else here that our relationship with you would be the best that it's ever been in 2017. And I pray that you would open up our eyes to see our blind spots, to see our character flaws, to bring them to the foot of the cross and surrender them to you. And I also pray that you would renew our minds, that as we read your word, that it would be hidden in our hearts and it would actually change our thinking. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about this group of people. I'm excited about what God is doing at Genesis and what he's doing in you. I love hearing where you're at. Love hearing your stories. Love hearing where you're at with your relationship with God. And uh, I'm excited about the future. The best is yet to come. I know it's just the second week of January. Don't forget about your goals. Don't forget about growing in your relationship with God. Maybe you had a New Year's resolution to spend time with God every day. And maybe you've messed up already. And you're like, man, I already messed up. It's only January 10th. I couldn't even go 10 days. Look, forget about that. Just spend some time with God tomorrow. Just pick up where you left off. You can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? Stand up on your feet. Let's worship one more time tonight.